Hello and welcome. This is uh, Reggie from Reggie'sTake.com and Reggie's Podcast. Just wanted to let you know that the podcast you're about to listen to was actually recorded in late December of 2019, about a week or so after the movie Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker had been released to theaters. I know you're wondering, why release this podcast now? Well, at the time I recorded it with my guest Matthew, I had every intention of posting it within 7 to 10 days. But work, my commitments to my wife, and not to mention being a photographer for wedding and unfortunately the podcast just fell by the wayside. While movie theaters were shut down during the spring and early summer due to the pandemic, I was able to make some really nice upgrades to a lot of my podcasting equipment. But with no new movies being released, I kind of felt like I was all dressed up with no place to go. So when I came across this podcast saved on my external hard drive, I thought, why not? While editing this podcast and listening to what I had originally said back in December about The Rise of Skywalker, I realized a couple of my views on the movie had actually changed. My initial feelings toward the movie was that I thought it was a good movie, and after having watched the movie a couple of times on home video, I feel that The Rise of Skywalker is a fun movie and a watchable movie. But in this podcast, you'll also hear me give my rankings of the movie, and when I recorded this podcast, I said I would give it 4 out of 5 or 8 out of 10, you know, whatever ranking system you'd like to go with. But given the time of almost 10 months passing, I'm going to have to lower my ranking and say that The Right Skywalker is really about a 6 out of 10. Now, I still enjoy the movie, and my rankings of the movie within the Star Wars franchise has not changed, which you can find that out as you listen to this podcast. And of course, my guest Matthew and I, besides talking about The Rise of Skywalker, also talk about the Star Wars franchise as a whole, including some of the books and television shows. So I hope you will give our Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker podcast a listen and see if our initial thoughts of the movie back in December were the same as yours, and if so, have your opinions of the movie also changed. With everything that has gone on with the pandemic, I decided to make use of my time at home, and well, now you can find Registate Podcasts on several different platforms. Before, it was just my website or YouTube. Well, now you can listen to any of my podcasts going all the way back, even to my very first episode. You can now find those podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, and Overcast. So whatever platform you enjoy listening to your podcast through, just search for Reggie's Take. So sit back and enjoy Reggie's Take podcast number 45, The Rise of Skywalker, The Lost Podcast. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Registate.com podcast number 45, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, the finale of the Skywalker saga. We're going to talk everything about this movie and Star Wars in general. Joining me today is my returning guest, Matthew. Uh, how are you doing, sir? It's an early morning on a Saturday, but hey, it's Star Wars. I'm always happy to talk about Star Wars. Oh, cool. I'm glad you've uh, graced us with your presence today. Obviously, the force is strong with you this morning. The pleasure is all yours. <laughs> Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Episode 9, the finale of the nine-film Skywalker saga that, depending on who you want to believe, you know, is what George envisioned, although George has not been involved with this sequel trilogy. The sequel trilogy with Disney has had its ups, has had its downs, a lot of opinions with a lot of people, critics as well. Before we get too deep into anything and everything, what was your thought on the movie itself in general? Obviously, this movie, compared to, you can compare to a lot of the other Star Wars movies, this movie just moves. Oh, yeah, it uh, doesn't stop. Not a lot of lull time like you've gotten no. in some previous Star Wars movies. This movie does, from the time it starts off to the time the credits roll, it's nonstop. They try to take nine movies worth of plot points and wrap them all up. Right. And I am okay with that. I thought it was a very, very good movie. Hit me with your high points, hit me with your low points, and then um, I'll return the favor. High points, I think it just feels like Star Wars. In everything it does, it's just unabashedly Star Wars the whole way around. You know, it's so fun the humor hits almost all the time does it play it a little safe yeah but you know it's star wars it's supposed to be fun space opera i'm kind of okay with it bringing back the emperor is that a safe choice yes very safe choice but you know i'm okay with that i think that it wraps it up nicely and you know the deeper star wars stories that's meant for like the standalone movies like rogue one novels and spin-offs and one shots the skywalker saga i think this movie really wraps it up nicely while answering most of the questions. Okay. Anything that you did not like about the movie? If it wasn't an hour longer than it was, 
I would not be upset. I think when you're talking about any movie, especially like a franchise like Star Wars is, you want it as long as possible, kind of like what Marvel gave us with Endgame. I mean, that was a three-hour movie, but they were also trying to wrap up their Infinity Saga that was 22 movies long in the making. As far as Rise of Skywalker, I mean, could it have been longer? I had always gotten an impression, you know, leading up to this movie that this movie was probably going to be anywhere from the two and a half hour mark to the 245 mark. Right. And actually, when they announced the running time for this movie at two hours and 22 minutes, I kind of thought, wow, that's a little shorter from what I thought it was going to be lengthwise. So I thought, okay, they're really going to compact this in here because that two hours and 22 minutes includes credits. You're only really getting about a two-hour and 12-minute movie because the last 10 minutes is really the credits. I don't have a problem with the length, what they did do. I enjoyed the movie overall as far as, as it being a Star Wars movie. There was a few things I could have done without or thought they could have done a little bit better. Uh-huh. But overall, if I was to, quote, rate this movie, you know, it'd be like four thumbs up out of five or four stars out of five okay. or, or, you know, eight stars out of ten or, you know, whatever rating scale rating scale you'd want to go with. The pace was fun. There was a couple of things that I don't know if they bothered me, but could they have done it differently or possibly better? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there that they could have done better. But um, I'm okay with what they chose to do. As I said, I'm okay with what they did. The one big thing that sticks out in my mind, well, two big things that stick out in my mind, and one of them my wife completely disagrees with me <laughs> And we got into a nice debate about that at one point, was Carrie Fish. Yeah. Leia's role. With taking the leftover scenes that they didn't use from The Force Awakens, did it work? I say for the most part, yeah, it plays out fine. Right. Personally, pretty sure I've told you this before, but I was on the bandwagon of, and it's the unpopular one, of recasting for the role. Right. And I know that's not the popular opinion, but I would have been okay with the recasting because I think not having a live actor to play that role, aka Carrie Fisher, or at least being able to put someone else in that role, hindered where they were wanting to go with The Rise of Skywalker, or at least what they were hoping to do when they started this trilogy. So I would have been okay with putting another actress in the role, but if Carrie Fisher's level in the movie would have been, say, 75% of the movie, you'd drop it down to about 40%. Right. You, you only put someone else in there to do what you necessarily need to do to complete the movie and the story. Right. You know, so you reduce it from a starring role down to basically not necessarily a minor character, but a supporting, supporting character. A supporting character. I would have been fine with that. I know that's not the popular opinion, and, and I get it. I understand that. It's someone you're used to seeing played, well, technically 40 years. So I could see where some people would have a problem with that, and I get it. But I also look at it as actors or actresses have been replaced in other parts over the years. It's been done before. Right. Why is Star Wars considered any differently than any other movie true that's just my opinion i like the fact that they brought the emperor back as the villain even in the in the old eu in the books he did come back at one point he had had a clone of himself made and a kind of a younger version of himself that took on luke all that stuff but you can find those in the older books it was fun ian mcdermott plays that role so well oh, yeah. and his voice is so recognizable when he as he puts it the emperor's voice he calls it his gravelly voice obviously that's fun the biggest thing i had with this movie was at the very end when ray's on Tatooine. Yeah. And that older lady's like, oh, there's been no one here for years. Who are you? I'm Ray. Ray who? I was hoping she'd just say, just Ray. Right. The fact that she said, I'm Ray Skywalker, it's like, really? It's really heavy handed. Really? You you had to go there? Does it diminish my fact of, of liking the movie? No. I just don't think they needed to go there. If you're going to say this wraps up the Skywalker saga, then to me, she should have said, I'm, I'm Ray Palpatine or I'm just Ray. Because they keep telling her, even Leia in the hug, right. be true to yourself. So I get why she wouldn't necessarily want to say Palpatine. To me, she just said, I'm just Ray. They always kind of said she was also kind of a nobody. She didn't necessarily need to acknowledge she was the granddaughter of the emperor but at the same time did she really have to adopt the last name of skywalker well, what if she had said solo that one i probably would have been happier with yeah because in the force awakens han kind of took a liking to her and it seemed right. like she kind of took a liking to him yeah and a father figure type of way all the solos are dead Not, now. now right since she basically inherited the falcon with chewy you would assume that when the falcon landed there chewy was remained on board i would assume well i mean it's possible lando it's possible that. lando was on that ship yeah. too but she was the only one that came out either way it seems like the falcons kind of become her ship yeah at least if she have said solo i'd have been fine with that but the Skywalker, that's the one thing that really just made me go like, no, I, I didn't need that part. I could have done without the whole visit to Tatooine at the end. I was okay with it. I see what she was doing with the lightsabers. She's yeah. bearing the past. Right. 
So that part was fine. The whole Tatooine thing didn't bother me other than she sang Ray Skywalker. I didn't need that. I think if she could have just turned around when the lady See? asked Ray who, turned around, saw them, turned that, back, smile, cut to black. That would have been good too. We assume what she's going to say. Right. But we don't know. I think that would have been a really good decision. Mm -hmm. Did you find it a little odd that all the, quote, Star Destroyers that were had been built by the Emperor all now had planet-killing weapons on them? Did you find that a little eye-rolling? Were you okay with that? It seems like now we've progressed from two Death Stars to a planet-killing planet-killer from Force Awakens, and now you got planet-killing weapons on each individual Star Destroyers. I thought that was a slight bit of a stretch as well, but it didn't bother me as much as what Wraith said at the end. I think that much like a lot of the things in this movie, it was heavy-handed. Right. And subtlety could have... I could understand if it had been, let's say, on the flagship. Right. If that planet-killing system, maybe they had two or three command ships in that fleet, and the two or three of those had that capability, I think would have been a little bit less of an annoyance. Right. Suddenly the uh, Emperor decides that instead of ruling the universe, he just wants to destroy it. That doesn't make a lot of sense. No. I can understand, you know, two or three of the command ships had it, yeah. and the rest of the Star Destroyers didn't. I right. mean, I've been fine with that, but it's like every one of them seemed a little bit of a stretch, in my opinion. I would agree. As I said, it didn't d distract from me enjoying the movie, but it just seemed a little... The devil's in the details. Right. When you start really getting into the nitty-gritty, yeah. you, you, you find can... more stuff that you go, I don't know, I don't know. But just as a whole, God, the movie is so fun. Yes, the movie is fun. There is one thing I did like and I was completely sh surprised with and that I really did enjoy was the fact they actually got Harrison Ford to return yes. one more time. Yep. If I'm to be honest, that's probably my favorite scene of The Rise of Skywalker. That was a great scene. I saw that. I about gave my wife a bruise on her arm. And it was an instant. I reached over and grabbed my wife's arms like, ah! Oh, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like... Oh, that's what they're doing here. That was great. Kind of mirrored the conversation they had from The Force Awakens on the catwalk. Right. But it was also a different take on that conversation, or at least what Han was hoping for without him lighting up the yes. lightsaber. Instead, this time he turns and chunks it. I'm surprised they didn't have Luke in there more than just the one time. Yeah. I really thought he might show up at least a second time, but where he came in, it fit, it worked, it wasn't overly done. Right. So theoretically, you got a second movie where you had all three of the originals that were back one more time, but it's not ever together. Is, right. it, is that something you think they missed out on? No. As far as this new trilogy of not at least having one scene where Han, Leia, and Luke were in the same room together? It would have been cool, but I didn't need it. I'm okay with it just focusing on the new characters mm -hmm. with cameos from the others. I think that's a better way to go about it. Okay. It was fun seeing um, Lando back. Oh, yeah. And also you can tell, you know, he's limited. I mean, Billy Dee Williams himself, you see him walking normally. He walks with a cane. So obviously most of the scenes you saw with him was, you know, a limited amount of usually stationary. And that was right. fine. Oh, yeah. Anything else that stands out to you with The Rise of Skywalker? I know we said we could nitpick this movie to death if you really, really wanted to dig into it. But is, is there anything overall that just grinds at you? Um, The big one, and I know this is a really heated topic around the internet rose tico oh. her involvement you know we've heard mixed things that she was meant to stay with carrie fisher there at the base and they were going to have a lot more conversations it was going to be a bigger part of the movie mm -hmm. and then they just couldn't get the dialogue to work i get that i understand that i don't know if that's true but i understand if that's how it happened maybe rewrite some scenes where rose got to be a bigger part because I really enjoyed that character in The Last Jedi. And Kelly Marie Tran just got slaughtered on the internet. Oh, unnecessarily. Oh, yeah. And so maybe, yeah, it was technical things that kept her to a very diminished role in this film. Some have even written that her reduced role, whether it was intentionally or unintentional, as J.J., quote, giving in because of the fans' criticism of The Last Jedi. Right, and that's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that... Even if it wasn't intentional, the trolls that campaigned against her, even if it wasn't intentional to keep her out, they will still see that as a win. Right. Which means the next time they see a minority character in a film that they don't like... Oh, they're, they're going to go after her. Oh, they're, they're going to destroy her. her. Him or her, whoever it Them. Be. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be a bloodbath because 
they won this one, whether or not it was intentional or not. Mm -hmm. She still had such a reduced role. Something else I was thinking, and I've had this discussion also with my wife. You can rightfully say The Last Jedi is considered, of all the Star Wars movies ever made, including the two standalone ones, extremely divisive. Oh, absolutely. It divided the fans, hardcore fans, the mediocre fans, casual fans. It put a lot of division in Star Wars, the fandom itself. Kind of really makes you not want to get in the discussion with anybody online right. about Star Wars because not knowing who you're going to run into this day and age of keyboard warriors you don't have to put a face who you're talking to the rise of skywalker really comes off when you look at it objectively last jedi really was so different actually it's a really good movie other than maybe the canto bite stuff I which mean, i enjoyed which if you look at you can theoretically remove those scenes and right. the last jedi still plays out fine yeah but other than that the movie itself is fairly good after the force awakens disney heard a lot oh well that was just a rehash of new hope which i'm fine with the force awakens yeah. because you needed something to revitalize and bring the excitement back into star wars after the prequels and it being basically 10 years since you've gotten a movie right fine so then all the fans bitched well don't give us an a rehash of Empire in the second one. So they gave us Last Jedi, which was far from a Empire rehash. Oh yeah. As far as you can get from it. Fans went nuts in the opposite direction, you know, of hating it. I really think this movie, The Rise of Skywalker, with what they did with JJ, and you said the heavy handedness of what you got with The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Even though JJ may not say it is, or Kathleen Kennedy, or Bob Iger from Disney, none of the heads of any of those divisions are going to admit to it, but I think The Rise of Skywalker is basically a fan service movie to appease the fans yep. from what happened with The Last Jedi. They had to go with make the critics happy because the critics really loved The Last Jedi. Right. I mean, the critic rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes for Last Jedi is in the 90s. Right. Where Rise of Skywalker is like 54% right now or 56%. It's, yeah, it's it, not it, great. It's not that great. But the fans are loving it. You know, the fans are loving this movie. So they had to decide make the critics happy or make a fan service movie that the fans are at least going to say, okay, it wasn't necessarily the greatest Star Wars movie ever, but it was a fun Star Wars movie. Right. And that's what they got. I really think J.J. and Lucasfilm was in a very difficult position in what do you do with it. So just for context, uh, Force Awakens, Rotten Tomatoes, critic rating 93%, mm -hmm. audience score 86. The Last Jedi, critic rating 91%, audience score 43%. A lot lower. Audience score on uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think, is like 86% right Rise now. of Skywalker, critic score 54%. Audience score 86%. So you can tell the critics and the audience kind of flip-flopped between Rise of Skywalker and Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. The only beloved quote of this new trilogy that everyone can both agree on was The Force Awakens. Yeah, but, I mean, there hadn't been Star Wars Star in Wars 10, Wars. 10 years, other than what you'd gotten on television with the uh, Clone Wars series. Right. Which, you know, the Clone Wars series, for what it is, is very good, minus the first season. I really think Disney was in a difficult position, and I think their decision to end the Skywalker saga was the right decision. Absolutely. Because now, moving forward, you may get an episode 10, and I've seen interviews with Kathleen Kennedy saying there probably will be an episode 10 down the line. I'm doubting it's going to be anywhere in the next 10 years, whatever trilogy they still have planned or wanting to do. Because they haven't removed dates of 2022, 24, and 26 off yet after they announced them. They've left them there. So whatever it is they're planning on doing, I think they're just searching for a new writer-slash-director combo to come in and still whatever it is they're wanting to do there. I think you're going to be at least 10, 12 years before you see an episode 10, because right. I don't see them getting away from the episodic ones. I think you're going to get a big time jump, possibly, because I've also said that we'd like to have Ray and Poe and Finn back yeah. for more movies down the road at some point, which is fine. There's enough there with all three of those characters that you could probably pull something together. Of course. So long as you don't get an Empire-esque slash First Order-esque villain again. I think those days of that type of a bad guy, I think you could come up with something else as a villain. Right. Threatening the galaxy would be better than a rehash of that stuff. The fact that they ended it is fine. Moving forward, they're fine. I would still have no problems if they brought in Ryan Johnson again. Oh, yeah. And I could see why Ryan Johnson wouldn't want to return. Even yeah. if it was be all completely new characters, wouldn't be connected to anything of the past of what we're familiar with. Did you see Knives Out? No, I have not seen Knives Out. It's so good. And so he's a great filmmaker. Right. And I've replied to some people online on some of the Star Wars chat 
sites. You know, they say, oh, he's a rotten director and a rotten writer. It's like, no, he's a very good writer and director. It's just he made choices in that particular movie you just disagreed with. He took your characters and took them in a way you didn't want him to take them. Right. And so you think he sucks. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people had in their head. And I can understand to a point what they were hoping for. Yeah. And I think The Last Jedi from the very first scene really pissed off people because it picks up right from the where The Force Awakens in. He's holding his lightsaber. He looks at it. And he chucks it. And he chunks it. So I think from right that point on, everyone's like, I don't like that. I think everyone was hoping for Luke to be lighting up his green lightsaber and lighting up a can of whoop-ass on some First Order troops and going after Kylo Ren and having a lightsaber battle. I think people were wanting that. Hell, you and I would have loved that. But the, I think the way they did it was fine. Would I rather have seen Mark Hamill's character of Luke Skywalker die in Episode Nine rather than the Eight? Sure. It would have been great if you could have seen him more in Episode Nine. But the fact that they killed him off in Eight, I didn't have an issue with. No. I mean, because at some point you knew Luke was going to in this trilogy no matter how long or how short his role was going to be in this new trilogy at some point you knew he was going to get axed as it were just because of the age i mean you can't ask mark Hamill to come back in another 10 years and you know still do that i mean it's not going to be physically possible this new trilogy there's a lot to like but i can also see where people also have issues with it of course and i don't care of someone who says they didn't like the last jedi because they can sit there and say legitimate points because they just didn't like the movie right but when they get to other points that i consider ridiculousness of now you're just being spiteful just to be spiteful that's when i take issue with hell i even saw a, a comment on one thing yesterday for the rise of skywalker uh, saying this guy posted yeah rise of skywalker has to get 1.5 billion to even be financially successful I was like no it doesn't it doesn't no because it only cost him 275 million to make it and even if he threw in another 100 million for promoting the movie right it's already making money at 850 because as of this recording it's like uh, i think it's worldwide 851 million oh yeah somewhere around in that it, it'll it, crack a billion it, i think it'll crack a billion and i think it'll probably end up passing the last jedi at 1.3 right it's obviously not going to come anywhere close to what the force awakens no did. not a chance there's no chance the only way rice skywalker would have a chance would have been if the last jedi would have been beloved by the fans as well yep and it had done let's say 1.8 1.9 billion and gotten close to that 2 billion mark right and the critics were loving this one as much as they did The Last Jedi, then I could say it might have a legitimate chance of cracking the two billion mark, at least cracking it, because people would be excited wanting to see the final movie in the Skywalker saga. Anything over a billion dollars, I think Lucasfilm and Disney are going to be happy with. Of course, yeah. It's a billion dollar movie. Did you like the fact when Rey and Kylo kissed? I liked it. That was probably my second moment of, after Rey saying Skywalker, that would probably be my second moment of, I could have done without that. I get it. They'd been kind of teasing that anyway, especially through Last Jedi, but I didn't need it. I'm not sure it's too much of a romantic thing, actually. Or was it more of a kiss of thank you? I think so. I think that's what it was. It was relief. It was oh my god, we did it, you know, we were finally able to come together, the same side, we did it, kiss, wonderful, I think that's what it was. And also, you know, you just saved my life. I'm going to assume, by the way, they showed Kylo fade out like Luke and anyone else who has died at being a Jedi. I'm assuming he technically redeemed himself. I would say so. He gave his force energy back to her. Back to her. Did you like the fact that they basically redeemed Kylo? Or would you have been happier if he hadn't have been redeemed? Because in a certain sense, he did kill his father. And his father being Han Solo. Right. You know, it's like, eh... Because that's what a lot of people said after The Force Awakens. Like, okay, well, then just don't redeem this guy because he killed his father, which happened to be Han Solo. Is that really redeemable? Right. If he had lived through that battle, there's no way everyone would be like, oh, welcome, you know, you're great. No, he would have been executed or jailed, outcast, because he still killed a ton of people. Mm-hmm. He can never be fully redeemed, but when it mattered most, he sacrificed himself and realized it's a Vader thing. Right. It's Vader sacrificed himself to save Luke. Mm -hmm. So Ben sacrificed himself to save Rey. That's what it was. And I think he only did that after Rey used the Force to heal him after she had dabbed him with his own lightsaber. Right. I really thought at first 
okay, this is where they're ending Kylo's story is right there on the direct yeah. entry of the old Death Star. And I would have been fine with that if that's what they had done because then it would have left just Rey taking on the Emperor by herself. Right. Which could have been interesting as well. Did you like the look at the Emperor? Because, they I mean, they had him looking pretty... He was gnarly. Pretty, yeah, ugly looking. I, uglier than normal for Emperor. I mean, that weird mechanical arm thing that was behind him. Well, I think it was all that, hooked, keeping him alive. That was so badass. That was so cool. I think that it, whether or not you like that the Emperor came back, it was super cool. He looked awesome. He looked terrifying. Mm-hmm. It, it was legitimately scary. Again, probably one of these nitpick things, was his force lightning up like that a little much, or was it okay? I mean, it's a lot. Once again, it's heavy-handed. Yeah. But, um, you know, it sure, <laughs> it's fine. It's Star Wars, you know? It's a kid's movie. That's one thing I would have to say with these sequel trilogies. Obviously, all three have been PG-13, but to me, they haven't really... Where to me, the prequel seemed kind of dumbed down for kids. Yeah. Other than Revenge of the Sith. These movies never really struck me that way. No. I mean, they've been friendly to kids, obviously, and there's some humor in there. But to me, the movies actually intentionally tried to talk down to the kids and play to their level. They've kind of kept it kind of like the original trilogy of they wrote their story. They made sure to keep it a family-friendly movie, but they didn't also try and dumb it down to the kids like The Phantom Menace. Well, and I'll tell you why. Disney. Right. It's Disney. Look at everything Pixar does in that, yeah, they're kids' movies, they're family movies, but there are, you know, adult themes in there. There Mm -hmm. there are wider, deeper meaning. Right. And so this new trilogy, you know, Bob Iger, that whole team. Yeah, but if you look at what Lucas did with even just the Phantom Menace. To me, I think the Phantom Menace, in my opinion, suffers to the fact that he played too much to the kids. Exactly. While not playing to the adults. But Disney goes, this needs to have something for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have your flashy lightsaber battles, which you're also going to have your soul-searching moments, your fan service. Mm -hmm. Anything that is deeper than just on surface. I would have liked the scene when Rey comes up inside the old Death Star there, when she comes up into her Sith, you know, with a dual threaded lightsaber. Yeah. I would like to see just a little bit longer of a battle with that. Yep. Granted, that's kind of more in her head and a vision, probably more or less. Right. But I would like to see more than just a few boom, 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 and then it was over with. I think that could have been interesting. I don't know how you would have done it, but had that play out maybe possibly after if she had actually just let them kill Kyle there and then had that vision. I, right. I, I don't know which, but would you say the lightsaber battle Kylo and Ray had was better than what they had in The Last Jedi, even though it really wasn't against each other? I actually felt that this time around, you know, while the waves are crashing around and everything, it was a lot slower. Um, you know, it seemed more strained. To me, it should be a little bit slower because Ray's not used to wielding that thing on a full-time basis like Luke would have been. It's almost like they're only going based on power. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no finesse. There's no... They shouldn't really be finessed at it either. I mean, if it was the prequels, then yeah, I could see where it would be smooth, quick, fast. Right. Because if you look at Revenge of the Sith battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan that that thing is just it's fluid it's quick it's very fast in its movements and it's fighting or Duel of the Fates in Phantom Menace right I mean but I think yeah it was very heavy strong blows Mm -hmm. I was taken aback a little bit at first but as I look back I'm like I'm okay with that battle i think it was beautifully shot right first of all you know ray's trying to stay out of the water and flipping and all this stuff and kylo just walks through it like <laughs> i don't care i'm done with this yeah let's stop the theatrics and let's just go at it let's mm-hmm. end it now where would you rank this movie in with the i know we've done this once before after i think it was the force awakens or yep. maybe the last jedi the last yeah, jedi the last jedi i know where i have the rise of skywalker my list didn't really change other than inserting in the right Skywalker where I felt it right. deserved to be at. And my ranking of it, even though if you look at my ranking, and you can find it online, it may look like I don't like it as much, but if you look at the overall of the other previous movies that have come before it, Rise of Skywalker is, is good. It's fine. I still watch the prequels. They're not my favorites. No. But I will still watch them. And I realize everyone's going to put the original trilogy almost somewhere in their top three or four constantly, and that's fine. I kind of have it the same way. Where do you see Rise of Skywalker overall? And then do you see 
fans' minds changing, say, in five or ten years, what they will think about the sequel trilogy as far as in Star Wars terms. Because nowadays, it's been, what, 14 years since the sequel trilogy ended. And sequel trilogy is not necessarily looked at as bad as it once was. Prequel, uh, prequel pre- trilogy. Yeah, the prequel trilogy. Yeah. It's not looked upon as bad as it once was. You know, there's some people are like, you know, these movies aren't as bad as I thought. They've kind of changed their opinion a little bit more to the upside on it. And things have kind of changed a little bit over the years. So where do you have this movie currently? And then where do you think the sequel trilogy will land, say, in 10 years compared to the other previous two trilogies? So I've been thinking about this for, well, since I saw the movie. And I don't think I can rank it. I think it's easier to take the trilogies themselves and rank them. Okay. I think as a whole, and then also have the Star Wars stories in there as well. So if I were to do that, you know, original trilogy number one, I would put the sequel trilogy at number two. I would put the standalone movies at number three, just because Solo wasn't very good. Rogue One is... Rogue One was awesome. Excellent. And so Solo brings that down. And then the prequels at the bottom. Well, okay. Episode 2 is a bad movie. But for the most part, they're not bad movies. No. Most of them are great movies. I will agree that pretty much all the movies are watchable. Yeah. Where I have, like, you take the Star Trek franchise. Right. There are a couple of those Star Trek movies I've hardly watched. I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them all. And I can say I've watched them all at least once, maybe twice you know, on home video, but there are definitely a couple of those movies that if I was ever kept a running record, how many times I watched them would be way, way, way down there on the list right. of, you know, maybe two, three times. And there's movies like in the James Bond franchise, there are movies that I don't care for, for the James Bond. If they come across on TV and there's nothing else on, I will leave it on there. Yeah. But if there's something else better on, I will go to something else rather than right. watch that. So I think in any long running franchise, you get movies you like, you don't like. But the Star Wars franchise, at least for me, I can sit down and watch them, any of them at any time. Now, some of them are not my favorites, but I think because I'm such a Star Wars fan itself, I'm okay with still watching them. I was trying to find, is there something in here maybe I've missed over the last 10 years that I can sit there and say, you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, maybe this movie is better than I thought. What you did as far as ranking the individual trilogies, I'd probably have to go probably the same way you did. Right. But if I'm going on an individual basis... Empire, technically, if I would go individual movies, Empire would be number one. But I Got New Hope as number two. Either one of those two movies for me could go either way. Wow. Depending on my day or how I feel. I've got Rogue One at number three in my list, which has knocked down Return of the Jedi as number four. Wow. But kind of with Rogue One and Return of the Jedi, I could do the same thing with either one of those two. I could flip those at any time. Right. But pretty much my top four won't change. Then I've got Last Jedi at five, Force Awakens at six. And then I inserted Rise of Skywalker there underneath that. And then I have Solo and then Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, and then Phantom Menace at the bottom. Right. So that's how mine, at least individually, looks. I think Solo is one of those movies where Solo is nowhere as good as what Rogue One is. Yeah. I think the problem, it's not a bad Star Wars movie. I think like kind of like Rise of Skywalker, it's a fun Star Wars movie. Right. I think the problem with Solo is you're trying to ask the audience to buy into someone else playing Han Solo when the guy who made Han Solo famous has now appeared twice in the current trilogy that we're running. So it makes it a little hard for Disney to be asking people to go, hey, try this guy as Han Solo. The guy who played Han Solo in the Solo movie, I think he did a fine job because he didn't try and impersonate Harrison Ford. Right. He tried to make it his own, but yet still try and be respectful to what the character is. So I think in that respect, he did a fine job. It's just while you still have Harrison Ford around, still playing Solo, it's kind of a little hard to get fans to buy into it. You know, Harrison Ford had died 15 years ago, and he hadn't been anywhere involved in this current trilogy. And then you put out a a movie like that, Solo, I think it might have been a little bit easier for people maybe to buy into. Well, and I think that, and you couldn't call it Solo, but if it wasn't Han Solo, and it wasn't Lando Calrissian, and it was just in the Star Wars universe with just spice smugglers yeah spice runners or whatever cool yeah then it'd be awesome Mm -hmm. but i think having those characters and having them bogged down by everything we know about them and answering questions we didn't need answered so it kind of lowered it i think disney was hoping for more after that first solo movie because the way they ended it right i think they were hoping maybe they could get at least a second movie out of it with those two him and lando again donald glover i think donald glover got more love out of that movie oh yeah as lando everyone loves donald glover yeah that's why (laughs) Also, I was just trying to think what happens in Solo. I honestly can't remember. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's forgettable. It's fun, but forgettable. I think Disney would have been 
more successful if they had actually done the standalone Obi-Wan movie. Yeah. If the standalone Obi-Wan movie had come out instead of Solo, because I also think Disney was too reactionary when Solo only made 400 some million dollars worldwide. Right. And then you basically got rid of the two directors you had on it initially, brought in a third director to do the movie, and then you have that director, Ron Howard, which I think he did a great job for what he was asked to do. And then you go back and reshoot 80% of that entire movie now knocks your entire production budget up to a little over $300 million for that movie because you're basically shot in essence two movies at the same time. Right. So now you raise the bar of that movie trying to make its money back even higher. So now that movie really needed to make about $800 million even just to try and break even for him. It just made it difficult. And I think Disney was a little reactionary to say, well, no more standalone movies. Or I think what you do is you go, okay, it's a loss. Ron Howard, come in, do your thing. You don't have to use any of the actors. You mm-hmm. don't have to use any of the scripts. Make your movie. I don't think it's not that Solo could have been successful. I just think they put the wrong standalone movie out at the wrong time. Yep. If it had been an Obi-Wan movie, I still say we'd still be hearing about, oh, well, here's this standalone movie coming. And I know Disney said that they were going to put some time space between, you know, the end of Rise of Skywalker before they brought out their next movie. Well, if you look at their time frame of when they're wanting to bring out the next movie, it's only three years. Yeah. To me, that's not a long time frame. No, it's not. To me, if you want to say that you want to take a break from Star Wars from the theaters for a little bit. Five years. Then to me, at the earliest, it should have been 2023. Yeah. At least make it four years. Focus on Disney Plus with The Mandalorian, which have you seen that? I've seen the first episode. Oh, it gets better as it goes along. That's what I've heard. And if you watch anything of the Clone Wars animated series, the season finale, you will get. Okay. Even if you haven't watched that, it should make you more curious to what shows up why it shows up right i don't want to give anything away for anyone who may have not i've heard it. i've heard rumors but i'm not gonna say anything. but when i saw the end of the season one finale it's like i knew exactly what that was from and i was like oh my god they went there hallelujah yeah you know so it was really cool for me it was a big payoff for those who had watched the previous animated stuff right hopefully in season two for the way that they're setting that up hopefully they go back and explain a little bit more for those who don't have that information or yeah. have never watched the animated stuff at least they can get their answers as to why what's there is there right otherwise you'd be like well what the hell is that when you've watched the series finale you'll know what i'm talking about and you'll be like okay fill me in a- excellent show anyway they needed at least four years in between focus for a while on the tv stuff yeah Mandalorian seems to be successful i can't wait to see what they do with the obi-wan series with you and mcgregor right the only issue i've had with the mandalorian those first several episodes 30 to 35 minutes length at best right now the last two or three episodes are more in the 40 to 45 minute range which the season finale is the longest of episodes but you know being on a service where you're not getting any um, commercials i was kind of hoping for you know anywhere from that 45 minute mark to an hour for each episode but right considering the amount of money they're putting into each episode i can see why all the episodes aren't as long as I was expecting. They have admitted they are putting movie budget quality into that show. It looks great. It's really awesome. And I like the fact they've brought back certain things. So it kind of ties in. You see certain troopers you saw in Rogue One. So it makes it like, oh, okay, they're still here. Kind of pulls and ties things along as well. So I really like that show. I need to finish it. Oh, you definitely need to finish it. Anything else you'd like to talk about with The Rise of Skywalker? Anything with Star Wars related at all? As far as I'm concerned, it's it's open fair game here. A couple things. Right now, I'm playing through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the new Star Wars game for the PlayStation 4. Um, I'm not done with it yet, but it takes place before Rogue One. You're a Jedi, Cal Kestis, who in with Order 86 where they destroyed all the Jedi, he was able to escape. You mean Order 66? 66, yes. Order 66, he was able to escape, and he is picked up by a couple people who want to reform the Jedi. So you're going around from planet to planet, searching for basically a list of the Jedi that are in hiding, and you're following holocrons and things like that. You have a droid, BD-1, who, awesome, just kind of sits on your back and then he can I've seen kind of the previews that kind of do for those and that did look interesting it's so cool you can customize your lightsaber you can get a double bladed lightsaber at one point cool Saw Gerrera is in it really you you meet him on Kashyyyk while you're trying to liberate the Wookiees (laughs) but it's so cool it's so much fun it's hard as hell it's very difficult but it is so much fun you feel like a Jedi playing this game really and as you go through you 
You, know, you start out, you don't have any force powers. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly uh, you can slow blaster bolts down. And then you can like pull enemies towards you. So you can slow the stormtroopers' blaster bolts and pull them through their own blaster fire and kill them. It's stupid. It's fun. Cool. It's great time. Uh, the other thing I'm trying to do, and God knows I'll never get it done, I'm trying to consume all of the Star Wars canon media in timeline order as in tv or movies everything or, or, or books included everything wow and so i'm only on piece of media number two right now <laughs> so i read a short story from tales from a galaxy far far away volume one droids about a chef in maz kanata's castle is that the hardcover book in the black one that's got like 40 different stories no this is a different one okay um it's more of a kid's book okay uh it's a chef and his sous chef is murdered and his sous chef is like this controversial chef with these crazy recipes using ingredients you're not supposed to use mm -hmm. and the recipe book is stolen so the chef decides to hold a cooking competition like iron chef america with his sous chefs okay to see who murdered his sous chef it's fun stupid but what i'm on right now is this it's an audiobook called dooku jedi lost yes i bought that book yes so i'm listening to it right now um it's on audible full voice cast about when dooku was going through his jedi training I'm not very far into it right now. It's so good. I'm having a great time. It, I've never bought one of those audiobooks. Yeah, this is my first audiobook as well. I've heard that they put a lot of production into those oh, Star yeah. Wars books, even if it's just the same guy doing different voices, but the sound effects they put into it, the music they oh, add into it. Yeah. I, I've heard whether the story itself is good or not is another issue, but at least the production they put into those is really something to kind of you know, well, enjoy. And, and this one was an audiobook first. After they released the audiobook, then they released the, the paperback book. form of yeah, the script. Yeah, because the book itself, it looks like a normal hardcover back book that I bought. Right. But it's not, it's like you said, it's script form all the way through the book. Right. And so it's so well voice acted and mm -hmm. the sound effects and the music, it's really high quality and if you have a free trial of audible i highly suggest you pick it up it's like six hours long to listen to it it's not too bad that's cool yeah because i've been buying and i've been doing this since right about revenge of the sith 2005 maybe 2004 but i've been buying all the hardcover books as they come out right not the young adult books that come out. Right. Because the books I buy are the ones in the front, as you flip through, gives you the timeline of where all these stories fall. Yes. Also, we'll have the movies in there, and then the name of those books, they'll have where these stories take place in and around right. the movies during the prequels or before or after or the original trilogy or whatever, all right. these books. So they have that in it. The young adults' novels don't do that. Right. So they don't really consider them a part of, even though I've heard some of the young adult novels like Ahsoka... Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. And there's one written about as a younger Leia first getting into politics before they introduce her on Rebels. And then also supposed to be in the Richard Trilogy. That's supposed to be really good. Right. But, you know, I don't get into the young adult novels. I just buy the normal, what they consider canon for the books. Yes. And even before Disney came in, the old EU stuff, not all the stories are equal amongst no. each other. Oh, of course and, not. And there are some better writers than others. Timothy's on. He's been writing newer Thrawn yes. uh, novels. He's got one coming out. And he's got a fourth one coming out. Yeah. Because they did a third one that kind of wrapped up his second Thrawn trilogy. I was like surprised when I heard he was doing a fourth one. I was like, oh, cool. Because his books are really good. Right. I mean, although I've heard some criticism with this newer Thrawn trilogy books, there's not a good. But then again, you're comparing him to what he first did back in the 90s with the heir to the empire trilogy i guess in book form that would be considered the original trilogy you know if you're yeah. looking in book form i did read those three books and those were so amazing and and of course you couldn't do that with original casting if you wanted to you'd have had to done those movies like right there in the early 90s right which i think some form of an animated movie of the heir to the empire trilogy would be interesting sure. to see done in a really good not 2d animated, but in the better quality that they did clone wars or uh even Star Wars Rebels might be interesting to watch. Sure. I would probably watch that. You can find actors come close to Luke Han and, oh, and all course. that. So I buy the books, and I've got way too many of them back there. 
Because I was trying to buy the toys. Yeah. And that got a little too expensive. Yeah. And too much coming out. It seems like every time you turn around, it's, oh, I can't do this anymore. Exactly. So they released three on a good year, maybe five hard hardcover novels. You know, buying, right. buying at Walmart or Target for like nineteen ninety nine. It's a lot easier to manage collecting those throughout the year than it is some of the toy stuff. I've just been going through Wikipedia, list of canon timeline media. So I ordered a book on Amazon. It's coming on Wednesday. Master and Apprentice. Ah. Which yes. is Obi Wan and um, Qui Gon. Qui Gon. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to reading that one. There's a book, and I can show you too after the podcast. It was released during their 40th anniversary year a couple years ago, uh-huh. and it's got 40 different writers all wrote 40 short stories. Ah, uh, yes, from a certain point of view. Yes, that's on my bookshelf at home. There are a couple of those stories in there that are really good. One is dealing with Yoda. He's having a forced conversation with Qui Gon. Uh-huh. I think it's Qui Gon. Yeah, Qui Gon or Obi Wan. I'm not sure which. I think it's Obi Wan. It's before Luke shows up during. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Yeah, it's Obi-Wan. Yeah, because Obi-Wan and Yoda are having this conversation and uh, Obi-Wan says the boy's coming and Yoda knows, you know, Luke's coming all this. Right. He's having to move because supposedly he's got two homes on Dagobah depending on what time of the year it is. He has to kind of go between the two different homes because one floods out during the rainy season and then the other one, when it's not rainy season, stays there because the other one's too warm. He's got that Jedi Council money. He's got to have a summer home. (laughs) So, yeah, he knew Luke was coming. Kind of gives you this prequel type of look into what leads up right before Luke shows up. It's this conversation of him and Obi-Wan. Is he really our last hope? And it's really kind of an interesting little short story. Yeah. It kind of fills in extra little nugget when you watch Empire. It's like if you've read that, okay, cool. Yeah. There's some short stories in there that aren't so good, but there's others that are really good. I think it depends on the writer. But it's an interesting book to pick up and read. Well, I know Gary Whitta, the guy who wrote Rogue One, wrote a short story in there. I, I really like him. I need to buy some of those audiobooks. I don't think you really answered me. Where do you think the uh, sequel trilogy will be looked at in 10 years? I think it'll be looked at a lot more positively than it is now. It'll be like the prequels. People will be like, that was actually really good. I think The Last Jedi will come up in people's opinions. I think they'll realize, okay, we may have given Ryan Johnson a little too hard of a time. And I think it'll be looked up there, not quite as high as the original trilogy, Mm -hmm. but it'll be up there. I don't have a problem with the sequel trilogy. I hope whatever it is they go to do, I'm guessing if this sticks to their next three release dates they have already set i'm guessing it's going to go back to somewhere of the old republic yeah which i'm fine with and if they do move forward with episode 10 down the road i just hope they set it far enough down the road whether you bring back ray finn and poe i guess it's up to them it won't bother me even if you were to bring episode 10 in with a whole new set of characters that might even be better i I, I think it'd be better i don't want to see any of them ever again in the main movie timeline Mm -hmm. spinoffs great Awesome. Animated stuff, absolutely. The Mm -hmm. TV shows, yes. Main story, Star Wars. We're done. We're done with the Skywalker stuff. We're done with Skywalker versus Palpatine. I think you can involve the Jedi coming back if you run to with episode 10. But just make it new characters. Yes. Let's leave what we've dealt with with the sequel trilogy and tying it all back into the original trilogy. Let's just... Leave that in the past. And let's not go back to Tatooine, okay? We've seen that planet a lot. Let's see new planets. What about that cool ice planet was awesome. We saw it for 50... Not Hoth. Oh, not Hoth. The one in The Rise of Skywalker when they're light speed skipping. Oh, uh, that was so quick, though. I couldn't even tell you. Exactly. It was like 10 seconds. Go there. That was cool. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Jedi coming back if you got far enough away. Thinking about it originally, I was like, okay, seeing the Millennium Falcon again at some point and Rey and Chewie, even if you only saw BB-8, Rey... Finn, Poe, and Chewie, and that's all you saw, let's say, on episode 10, and everyone else was different, and they found some other way of bringing in bad guys, but not Mm -hmm. necessarily some Empire-type thing trying to take over the galaxy. As much as it would be fun to see where those characters are, say, in 10 years, and see the Millennium Falcon again, and seeing some familiar planets, I just think you're going to get too much expectation and pulling back from any hardcore fans of... Because I think Rey is even looked at a little bit in this sequel trilogy to some of the hardcore fans as they just don't like her. Yeah. They don't like what they've done with her. They think she's too powerful too quick. But my argument to that would be, who's to say she couldn't have been that powerful that quick? Exactly. If if you're going to believe the fact that she really is supposedly the granddaughter of Palpatine, then yeah, she could be as powerful as they say, and she just didn't know it. Right. 
course, some people had problems with her taking on Kylo in The Force Awakens as easily as she did, but he also took a blaster bolt from Chewie's bowcaster, too. Right, yeah. So, you know, he was also bleeding and hurting. That didn't help him much either. I don't know. New stories I'm fine with. New places I'm fine with. I'm even fine with revisiting certain planets. I'm assuming that first shot we saw of Kylo and he found that Sith Wayfinder. Yeah. Was that supposed to be Mustafar? No idea. You know, everything was kind of fiery and ashy looking. I was kind of wondering before I ever saw the Rice Skywalker if they would have him, since he's had such an obsession with Vader, going to Vader's castle on Mustafar since yeah. we saw it in Rogue One. It's possible. So, I would have been okay if he'd have gone there at some point. The biggest question I ever had ever since he saw The Force Awakens and I have to assume that Luke had told him was how the hell did he get the Vader mask? Yeah. They never really told you. They never really gave you a hint or a clue as to how he came about it. No. You just have to assume it was during the time with Luke and Luke trying to train him and told him about what happened on Endor and then right. at some point on his own I'm assuming after he separated and kind of came Kylo that he went and found that mask. Yeah. But I really like to have known how that kind of happened. I don't necessarily need a 15-minute scene, but something of how he knew where to go find it. I mean, it's very possible. Or the, was the force just strong enough that it just led him to that? It's but possible. Luke may have grabbed it when he was taking his father. But you think it, Luke would have left that behind and just left it there on Endor? Let the past be the past? Or he could have taken it as a reminder that people can change and you know can do very mm -hmm. bad things and this is what can happen mm -hmm. so he may have used that in you know when he was teaching the padawans you know whose mask this is speculation i didn't mind that he had the mask and yeah. that he was obsessed with it it's just two or three sentences of how he ended up getting it would have been a little extra piece of nugget for me as a star wars fan as to how he acquired it that sounds like a short story possibly rise of skywalker Episode 9, it's out. Fans seem to be liking it, at least better than what some fans did on Last Jedi. Ended the Skywalker saga, although to me, I don't see how you can say it's the last of the Skywalker saga when Ray takes the name of Skywalker, but that's just me. Although she's not really truly a Skywalker. Who knows? That weird conundrum. I really like it. You enjoy it. Obviously, Star Wars is going to be around for a long time to come still with what they're doing on Disney+. Plus. Obviously, there are going to be more movies yep. no matter what. Go see the movie. You know, figure it out for yourself. Don't listen to what people are saying about it. Make up your it, own mind. Ma make your own opinion. If you like the movie, great. Don't listen to people saying that you shouldn't like. Same with The Last Jedi. If people say, oh, it's a piece of trash. Well, I liked it. Then you liked it. And that's yeah. okay. It's, it's a piece of art. And it's there for you to form your own opinion on. And I really don't get the people who say The Last Jedi ruined Star Wars and ruined their childhood. Yep. And it's like, well, okay, if one movie can, quote, ruin an entire franchise for you and childhood, then it must not take much. Yeah, you're not a fan to begin with then. I mean, you can dislike a movie. I mean, hell, I don't like the prequels as well as I do the rest, but that doesn't mean I feel it ruined Star Wars or, right. or ruined Darth Vader. I mean, yeah, did they make Anakin out kind of be more of a whiny teenage brat at times? Sure, but it still doesn't diminish my enjoyment for the original trilogy and Vader himself. I mean... I think Star Wars fandom is going to be one of those hot button issues for several years still to come. Oh, yeah. Just because that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing because Star Wars brings out so much passion and so many people for how well loved this franchise has been for right. so long. And it's kind of had this mythos about it in the movie world, maybe more so than any other movie franchise out there. Yeah. There's a few out there that could probably compete for as loved. And I'm sure there's people out there who love certain movie franchises that don't love Star Wars who think the same way about their franchise. It definitely brings out certain passions in, in a lot of people, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I will say this. We are in a very good time for Star Wars fans. Yes. There is something out there for everyone. Right. And go enjoy the things you like. You know, you don't have to trash the things you don't. Right. Just say, eh, I didn't really like it. That's okay. It doesn't work for me. If you don't like the prequels, no one's saying you have to watch the prequels. If no. you don't like the sequel trilogy, nothing's saying you have to watch the sequel trilogy. These are the problems I had, and then leave it at that. Don't go writing death threats. Don't call in bomb squads to Lucasfilm headquarters. Don't be an asshat. Yes, don't, please. I want to thank you for joining me today. It's uh, always a pleasure. Hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. I'm sure we will. Thanks for uh, listening. You may or may not agree with us. You may disagree with us. Uh, if you do, great. If you, if you do agree with us, great. Um, so long as you're being honest with yourself and you're just enjoying what Star Wars is. If the original trilogy is all you love, then, you know, hey, watch it all you want. If you like the others, great. Just don't denounce someone else for them loving something that you don't like. 
be a good force user and play nice with others, I guess. May the force be with you, Matthew, and to any of my listeners, and uh, we'll talk at you later.